This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 this segment of the USCC Expo Experience on CannabisRadio.com is presented by Soterra Wellness, unlocking the natural health benefits of medical cannabis in order to help relieve symptoms and restore your health. Find wellness at Soterra.com, S-U-R-T-E-R-R-A.com. And Dom Life, a boutique lifestyle lounge unlike anything before. Located in Phoenix, Arizona, Dom Life, where paradise and cannabis meet. Learn more at D-O-M-M.life. Grassroots Marketing on CannabisRadio.com proudly presents the USCC Expo Experience, featuring one-on-one interviews with speakers, exhibitors, and attendees from the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. And now, the USCC Expo Experience, only on CannabisRadio.com. For those of you that might have reached out and listened to our coverage, our roving reporting coverage from the NCIA Cannabis Business Summit last month, well, NCIA followed us coast to coast from Colorado all the way over to Florida, and they are joining us and our exhibitors here at the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. And right now, I'm happy to go and welcome to our coverage of Grassroots Marketing, a person who has hosted Grassroots Marketing 
our half hour series and that's the business development officer Calico Castile. Calico, welcome to Cannabis Radio. Aloha George, how are you my man? I used to produce your show, are you surprised that I do the interviews but you know what, I've done it longer than you have but I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll be surprised that I will be on the other side of the mic. No, I'm excited for the opportunity, I know you're the king of podcasts so I know I'm in good hands man, no worries. On Twitter at King of Podcasts, thank you very much. Okay. I mean, for anybody that does not know about the NCIA, a uh, brief overview. For sure. NCIA is basically the trade association for the industry. So we're the uh, main lobbying organization for the industry. Uh, like you said, we're based in D.C. We have an office in Denver as well. I work remotely on the West Coast. Uh, we represent about 1,700 member businesses across the country, really um, lobbying around issues of taxes and banking, which are fundamental for cannabis business uh, businesses to be able to have sustainable businesses. Excellent. Uh, for those of you who know, uh, just a preface, of course, NCIA hosts their own podcast with us on Cannabis Radio called NCIA's Cannabis Business Voice. Uh, the communications director, Bethany Moore, is a host on the show, and also others have made their entree onto the show. So the last six years, Kalika, let's talk about you. You have spent work on marijuana reform and freelance strategy. Uh, you started with Normal as an intern, and then... You've made a long way up. You've helped out with a pack called Oregonians for Law Form to raise money for Measure 80. And then after the passage of HB 3460, you opened your own managing and managed your own dispensary. Closed down due to local regulations. You've gone through so much. So just give me a little background on what, how you got all the way to here. Sure, I appreciate it. I mean, I started as an activist. I started as an intern for Normal, like you were saying. I helped um, produce their daily radio show and podcast under their national outreach director back in 2011. And I really got into the industry because um, I grew up uh, under you know, dare, right? Like I was a dare generation kid. So I grew up like with a lot of like prohibitionist propaganda. I grew up making fun of a lot of my friends for smoking weed and at school. Uh, so like when after high school, when I finally tried cannabis for the first time and realized all of those things I was being told were lies, uh, that kind of sent me down this path of figuring out, you know, what can I do to change this, right? And so when I was looking at my grandparents who were smoking joints at night when they were watching TV together, uh, and realized that they were thought of as criminals, that was something that I just felt you know, shouldn't stand and just wasn't right, right? And so I started as an intern for Normal, uh, doing their daily radio show and podcast. I was going to school for political science at the time, but obviously couldn't uh, apply for an Obama fellowship um, while being very vocal about my cannabis usage. Uh, so I ended up um, you know, interning for Normal and then starting a political action committee to raise money for Measure 80 uh, up in Oregon, um, because at the time the national funders were staying away from Oregon. Uh, you know, Washington and Colorado were getting a lot of large donors, uh, but the funding base really wasn't there for the Oregonian or the Oregon um, initiative. So a couple friends of, and myself had started a political action committee, raising money. We were able to buy some billboards um, throughout the Portland area, do grassroots style political campaigning, and managed to bring it from 36% up to 47% support on, on election day. So managed to make it a, you know, a kind of a a reasonable turnout given the kind of the, the place that we st started from. So um, it's just been an interesting journey. Like you said, I started from a political side of things and then kind of naturally fell into uh, the dispensary side of things or the, the industry side of things. When when dispensaries passed in Oregon, who was my friend had written that bill, uh, we ended up starting a dispensary in Southeast Portland. But when new regulations came out in 2014, we ended up having to close. And then that's when I kind of got into doing sales and marketing, ultimately found myself at Cannabis Radio a few years later, and then now find myself at NCIA. What's the importance for those that might be a little bit weary of saying, okay, well, it's like uh, 
kind of like a unionizing, you know, coming together into an association. For those that might feel a little bit hesitant, why is it NCIA, you know, there's no reason to feel that hesitancy in becoming a member? Obviously, we saw oh, more than hundreds and then thousands and tens of thousands that showed up at the summit and at all your other member events. So why should they become a member? And, and why is it that, you know, there should not be a hesitancy? Why not to join? For sure. I mean, this industry is inherently political, right? Like we are coming out of the shadows of prohibition and trying to create a regulated marketplace that's taken seriously, just like in any other industry. And so if you're getting into the cannabis industry because you see all of the headlines about all the money to be made, you need to know that there's also a lot of work to be done to get to that, right? A lot of people are getting into this expecting to be able to make quick dollars and jump out, but there's a lot of roadblocks and a lot of, you know, um, foundational building blocks that we're actually working on laying right now with through our lobbying efforts so whether it's taxes or banking as a cannabis business owner you probably don't have access to banks you probably have had several bank accounts shut down that's something that we're actively working on Uh, we have legislation in the house and the senate that's getting new co-sponsors regularly um, that we're pushing for so that people can get alleviated and have access to banks uh, as well as taxes if you're a, a retail shop you could have a you know an upwards tax rate of 70 percent at the federal level uh, so these are things that like you know it's in your it's in your own self-interest economically to join ncia because you need these things to change in order for you to be able to become profitable but then the you know the other side of that is that you know this industry association is really a way for the industry to be able to say this is us wanting to be taken seriously that we're responsible business owners providing jobs providing taxes to our communities trying to revitalize and really um, you know now that we're moved kind of from the point of trying to just end prohibition, we're now trying to get to a place where we're just trying to be created equal or treated equally, whether that's cannabis consumers or whether that's cannabis business owners. So, you know, whether you find yourself as a consumer or a business owner, you need to be involved in a, in groups that are doing that work. So if you're in the industry, NCIA is that natural um, tie-in for you to be able to make sure that your voice is heard in the halls of power. Well, talk to me about... We are here in the state of Florida, which I feel like it's just still, it's a, it's been a battleground for the last couple of years. And I've been here through all the trenches, seeing, you know, all the petitions being put out, all the work being by several or numerous organizations trying to get to legalization here. And it's been such a hard fight. And the, the politicians, which I've talked about actually throughout a lot of interviews just this week uh, here, this weekend here on the show floor, and trying to get them to budge. I just want to know from you, I mean... What is it? There's obviously a bit of a weakness or a timidness for some of these politicians to speak out. We talked about one gubernatorial candidate just for this midterm election is there's only one. And he's the only one that's actually publicly said he wanted to legalize in this state adult use. So talk to me about what you're hearing from your people in D.C. and the fight they're having to get into these politicians' heads and get them to see the other way. Oh, I mean, it's just we need to humanize the issue, right? Uh, every year we take 200 plus of our members out to Capitol Hill for our industry lobby days, and we meet with members of Congress and their staff uh, so that they can actually hear about and hear from constituents in their district about how they're using cannabis or how cannabis is positively impacting their district. And so- I'm hearing a lot of good about lobby days, but here's the question. Are we seeing more politicians that are coming in for the first time and listening to these, to the, these human interest stories? 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, uh, my best um, meeting when I was on the Hill this year was with a Republican member from Tennessee with his legislative director. And when I looked on my docket at the people I was going to be meeting with that week, I thought that was going to be my worst meeting. It was my best meeting because I was able to go in there and talk, you know, from a small government fiscal conservative public safety standpoint and talk about these serious issues that their constituents are eventually going to face. And the, the thing about like some of these people who are in more conservative states or maybe are less prone to support uh, cannabis legalization or a cannabis industry, uh, even if cannabis isn't there yet, like say some of these southern states or Florida's got a medical program, but it's relatively restrictive. Um, a lot of these people think, well, it's not an issue in my district yet. Mm -hmm. I don't have constituents that are dealing with it. But, you know, with 90 percent support for medical marijuana, that that cats out the bag. You know what I mean? Like every state is going to see a medical program sooner or later. Some don't have an initiative process and it's got to go through that legislative process. But, you know, the the progress that we're making as an industry or as a movement is such in which we're seeing a lot of newcomers come. I mean, you saw the headlines a couple of months ago with John Boehner coming out yeah. saying that he now supports descheduling. So like that has, is a monumental shift in even the conversation that's being had where previously we were talking about nibbling around the edges, having CBD laws, having all this other stuff. John Boehner now says, former Speaker of the House, right? This right. isn't just some random Republican. This is a guy who now says that this is something that should be descheduled and not even under the Controlled Substances Act. So, and I think that's kind of a bellwether for where politics is going broadly. And there's going to be places that are a little bit slower. And I wanted to talk about when it comes to the political landscape. Democrat or Republican, is those terms are meaning nothing now. There's a complete volatilization on both sides. And that's not without even trying to get into any political stance, but that that's got to be considered an advantage for right now where things are happening, where you could get much more progress right now, because in a centrist view, I think people would accept. I mean, obviously, the voters have already accepted whether it's medical or recreational yeah, use. Excuse me, Bethany, adult use. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean. You know, I, I like to think of what Keith Shop used to tell me when I was an intern at Normal, that this issue really boils down to freedom. It's, it's anti-prohibition. It's that a prohibition causes more harm than the plant actually causes, right? So, like, what we, like, need to be fighting against or, you know, what we need to be working towards is this idea that, you know, the cannabis plant is actually not what's harmful. It is prohibition. And I think that that's the kind of the message that we can carry that cuts across political spectrums, right? It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican. You probably we don't believe that humans belong in cages because they possess the plant. And when you start talking in that terms and about the harms that prohibition has done, whether that how, you know, if you're talking about uh, Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow, for example, and how really the criminal justice system has become a new a, a new way to kind of keep in uh, white supremacy as an institution, uh, I think that that's something that also kind of cuts across lines because people understand that there is real societal and human impact that is like decimated generations of certain communities uh, because of the way these laws have been implemented. So I think those are the kind of issues and kind of sentiments that ultimately cut across, uh, you know, whichever side of the aisle you might come down on. Speaking with Calico Castile, Business Development with the National Cannabis Industry Association, NCIA founded thecannabisindustry.org. Final question for Calico. So we see it here in Florida, overregulation. I mean, just some real manipulation and just some Honestly, some shady crap going on from the state of Florida and from every state when it comes to local regulation as a result of federal prohibition. Talk to me about those obstacles. 
I mean, I think you're hitting the nail on the head in terms of like what, like one of the biggest pain points right now, right? Like I get out into a lot of these different markets and be able to talk to business owners all across the country and talk to them about obviously joining the association. But what they're worried about, to your point, is that they're worried about the day-to-day -day stuff that they're dealing with on the ground, the over-regulations, the, the hoops that they've got to jump through. And I do think that that Ultimately, the 800-pound gorilla in the room, if you will, is federal prohibition. Like all of the overregulation is a direct, um, a direct response of these elected officials at the state and local level being afraid of a potential federal crackdown. Now, even though Jeff Sessions in January rescinded the coal memo, we obviously haven't been seeing a federal crackdown, and it probably isn't going to be one coming anytime soon. For anybody who's, I don't think there is going to be anything at all. I, I just feel like. I think it's just bluff. I think I think it's a, I think it's just hot air. Honestly, it's an issue of resources. The Department of Justice doesn't have enough resources to be able to shut down all of the businesses that are out there. So I mean, they're obviously going to go out to the most egregious violators, right? So if you're following state law and you're you know adhering to these over regulations, you're not going to have a federal crackdown. But to your point, I think you know all of this overburdensome regulation is a reaction to federal prohibition and that's why it's important to join organizations like um, NCIA, especially if you're in the industry, so that we can ultimately advocate for descheduling cannabis, which when cannabis isn't a Schedule One narcotic anymore, all of these states are going to be able to have much more open dialogues about sensible regulations rather than having to constantly beat back against still a prohibitionist mindset that's operating in a new paradigm because that's what we're seeing we're just seeing people who for 70 years or for the you know, course of their career have been taught to not understand cannabis and now in a very short time frame we're expecting them to learn everything about it and regulate a brand new industry that's something that's going to take time and the only thing that's going to help them get to that point is ending federal prohibition yeah. No, and for those politicians that keep thinking, oh, we can just decriminalize. No, absolutely not. Listen to the NCIA, man. There's some smart people that are at least trying to get you through your heads and realize the truth. And it'll be a better place. Listen, for the criminal justice system, for people in general, for, for medicine, for, there's so many different areas that you're going to see so much help when the descheduling finally becomes, which will happen someday, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm positive. We're, we're getting close. I think uh, after the next presidential administration or whether Trump gets elected, I think once we get into the next presidential term, that's when we can get serious and have some real conversations because this is something that's going to be a, an issue. It is an issue in the midterms. It's definitely going to be an issue in the presidential election in 2020. And then I think we'll finally be able to see the end of federal prohibition and a much more sensible conversation around this issue. All right, Calico Castillo with the NCIA, thank you again for coming on with us on Cannabis Radio again. Tell us, people, uh, how we can go learn more. Tell us about any upcoming event. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So we have a big trade show coming up in uh, Anaheim at the end of October, uh, and so that's going to be focused more on California. If you're in the California market or interested in knowing what's going on regulatory-wise, it's going to be a great event to come out to. Um, if you should California... Can, uh, Cannabis Industry Association Conference. Yes, yeah, the California Cannabis Business Conference is put on by NCIA, co-hosted by uh, CCIA and some other allied associations out in that area. That's going to be a great event. And then aside from that, you can check us out at the, the CannabisIndustry.org. We're on um, Twitter at NCIA org as well. You can follow for the latest updates about what's going on at the federal level, as well as just learn more about how you can get involved as a member. And uh, if you have any questions, you can reach out directly to me. I'm on all of the socials at WizCalico. It's K-A-L-I-K-O. Uh, and then you can also reach out, just my first name, Calico at thecannabisindustry.org. And also remember, of course, as being a Canvas Radio host here, 
Do not forget that if you need to go and learn more information about our, of those events, listen to members that are telling the story about how good, uh, really, what they're doing as members of the NCIA. You can listen to Bethany Moore on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, available every Monday at CannabisRadio.com or find us on any podcast outlet that you like because we're there. Thanks again, Coleco. Thank you, George. Appreciate it. It's great seeing you, buddy. Thank you for listening to the USCC Expo Experience, only on CannabisRadio.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.